And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. And uh, we have a very special episode this week. We have three people. They're members of the Honolulu Street Photography Collective. And uh, actually, I first connected with them with uh, one of the members, Ian Hunt, who you're going to meet today. He he was uh, participated in the uh, LACP, Los Angeles Center for Photography, um, Street Photography Contest. He was one of the finalists. And uh, we connected there and got to talking. And, you know, we just love talking to collectives. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, really important, you know, Street photography is such a lonely pursuit that it's nice to be able to get together with your peers and just, you know, talk about your work, what, you know, what to do more of, what to do less of. Well, anyway, I've rambled on enough. So welcome, guys. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, glad to. This is going to be fun. So um, I always like to start out by asking our guests how you got into street photography or how you got into photography and also tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, if you can each take a couple of minutes, we'll start with Ian since he's a professional talker and uh, yeah, tell us about yourself and how you got into this in the first place. Hi. Uh, yeah. So um, my, my career um, photography is just a passion pursuit. I'm a um, high school physical education and health teacher in Honolulu, Hawaii. And photography, I started out with drones and um, a video work for fun, and I um, crashed both of them <laughs> and realized that um, it was a little bit expensive to keep replacing them. So I, I used the insurance money and they won't insure me anymore. So I'm, I'm done with drones, <laughs> but I used that money to buy a DSLR and just started at that point learning basic photography off of YouTube to learn shutter speed, aperture, ISO, the exposure triangle, and um, actually started with conceptual work. And I, I was lucky enough to have um, some, some work accepted into a local exhibition called Pacific New Media's uh, Contemporary Photography in Hawaii exhibition. And through that, um, I met pretty much everyone in the collective. And started to to walk on the streets with them and, and shoot and that's what led me into this genre and it fit most with my lifestyle in the sense that i could just carry a camera with me i didn't have to pre-plan anything and so um, i was able to integrate it in my life and not have too much of an influence on on the family so to speak and so <laughs> and so that's that's the my origin story of um, becoming a street photographer. Well, now I failed to introduce everybody, by the way. So also with us is, uh, is uh, Philippe Gross and uh, James Knudsen. So um, we're just, uh, I'm just going around the horn here. I've got you guys on my screen. And uh, so we'll go to James. So James, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, how you got started in this crazy field of photography? Sure. So um, I was really into photography when I was in high school. Just took classes and uh, really it was 
my passion in high school, but for it's a little bit of a long story, but I'm not going to get into it. But I, I fell out of photography for for many, many years. And then I moved to Hawaii 12 years ago. And then a month after I moved here, I I picked up a camera that we'd had to take pictures of my children. And I walked out the door and I just started doing street photography. I don't know. It's one of the strangest experiences of my life. I just kind of suddenly got back into street photography after almost 30 or 20 some odd years. And uh, since then, I've just been photographing the street, not just people, but also urban landscapes and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever catches my eye. Um, I don't do this professionally. I'm also a teacher, online teacher. Um, but yeah, that's how I basically got back into it after this long hiatus. Yeah, you know, I hear that a lot. Same thing happened to me, by the way, but we're not here to talk about me. <laughs> okay, Philippe, what about you? Well, thank you. Uh, well, um, I really started being influenced by comic book, like the, the French, um, Belgium, like Tintin and Asterix. And I, I just got lost into reading these, these books and I wanted to draw myself, but I didn't know how. So photography was a way for me to express um, and show what I was seeing around me. And I, I didn't really start street photography until much later. Then uh, in high school, we had uh, a class was offered and we just had like 30 minutes to go take pictures. And I happened to win the first prize. And that hmm. somehow gave me an uh, impetus for uh, this style because as a teenager you kind of lost you don't know where you want to go in life and that say oh maybe i'm good at that so i say okay <laughs> i'm going to uh, get a dark room and pursue it and i was really lucky because everything i did after that for the next four years was really crap uh, but i had the motivation and i had spent the money so i just uh, kept pursuing it then later i wanted to become a professional photographer but thought there, there there wasn't enough money in it so then i became an optolaborist so i was making glasses instead so i'm still in the optic field and then i that wasn't satisfying so i i moved from switzerland uh to hawaii and um went to um graduate school to do my um doctoral work in psychology and I wanted to bring photography back into the field. So then I did my um, dissertation on photography and Taoism and what are the quality of a, a sage uh, put in, in action of, uh, in, in practice of, of the daily life. So in, in Zen, you have uh, Zen and the art of archery. So I, I went like, well, what is the, the practice of a sage doing photography. That, that was basically my dissertation, which turned into a book that was published in 2001. And, um, and now I'm teaching psychology at the Capiolani Community College. And that's basically my trajectory. Yeah, I saw that. Was it a... It's your book, the the Dao of Street Photography, is that what it is? It's a Dao of Photography, Seeing oh, Beyond Seeing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to read it. <laughs> Thank you. 
So you ever meet uh, Rinzi Ruiz? He uh, is uh, um, his Instagram uh, ID is uh, Street Zen. Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah, he's in LA. Great mm-hmm. photographer. So let's talk about your collective. So how did you go about forming this thing? You know, it's forming any groups like herding cats, you know. How, how did you make it happen? Well, James, you should say. Yeah. Um, well, originally, it's funny because I, I told this to the guys like two or three months ago. I, I didn't realize that they didn't know that this, is, this was why it started. But basically, the reason was I was in my late 40s. I didn't have any friends. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you hook up with a bunch of other nerds, right? Like, how, how, how do you how do you make friends when you're in your late forties? Like, just like you know, would you like to be my yeah, friend? Yeah, true. You don't so, um, bars, but... uh, so I, I, as Ian mentioned, there's this annual show. It's like a really big deal in in Hawaii, an annual photography show called Pacific New Media. It's you could, it's online. It's it's a great show if you hmm. want to know about what's happening in Hawaii. As far as photography goes, just look at that show. And it's like a, it's a really big, big event for photographers. And, and so I knew a few of the guys through that. And then I, I saw some of the guys on Instagram and I, I admired their work and I was in a Starbucks in Waikiki. And I said to myself, I'm going to just text these guys and invite these guys. And so I, I sent out this, um, mass text to i think six seven maybe seven seven people and then they all messaged me back very very quickly and we just i just said let's meet for coffee and we met for coffee no intention whatsoever of forming a collective or anything like that i just wanted to (laughs) meet people (laughs) uh and talk about photography um yeah and one of the reasons I uh, just just to back up just a little bit, the reason why was because um, I had this, you know, why am I doing photography? And I made this list of reasons why I'm doing it just just to kind of motivate myself. And the first thing I wrote without thinking was to meet cool people. And I think talking about photography and you know exchanging ideas and and of of course talking about equipment as well. It's just one of the most exciting parts about photography to me. So I just kind of wanted to to form that. And then we met for coffee. And then I think three or four meetings later, we decided to to form a collective. <clears throat> That's basically. And then everybody kind of took the reins from there. And people made websites and, and uh, you know, our Instagram feed and, and so on. And That's where we stand right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it all looks really good. Um, have you been shut down, not meeting through the pandemic, or have you been pretty? Think, things have been pretty good, COVID-wise, over in Hawaii, I believe. Right? You locked yeah, the rest we of us sh- out. <laughs> we we were shut down, so we yeah. had a meeting on Zoom, um, but we were still going out shooting. And then sharing our images, and uh, this was also a time for us to edit and and critique and talk. So we did do that for um, after three months within the pandemic, and then we started going out again. And 
we stopped that. But a few of us kept going out, and we we spend a lot of time also texting, not only on Zoom, but uh, just shooting events and what's happening, mm-hmm. and then uh, sharing images and say, "Hey, what do you think of that shot?" and giving fe- each other's feedback, which I think it's a huge advantage of the collective is. Get, we, we easily can fall in love with our own picture and having mm-hmm. someone that is honest and say, nah, man, this is crap is very, very healthy for our growth. Yeah. Or what about the opposite? You hate things you do and somebody else looks at it and they go, wow, you need to do more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully that, that hasn't happens happened too. to me. <laughs> <laughs> What I found that was interesting during the um, pandemic was um, empty parking lots. It was really shut down in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Only we're only allowed to get essentials and go back, and so that was pretty fascinating. But um, how to create an image that sort of conveys um, a pandemic, rather than just being the parking lots empty. So, yeah. so that was an interesting challenge that. I don't know if I don't think I figured it out, but it was it was interesting walking in the areas that I normally would would shoot and just seeing it just empty. Yeah, I was um just this past Sunday I went up to Washington DC. I, I only live a couple hours from there. And I joined uh or joined a photo walk with um was was well it's part of the focus on the story festival which is going on right now actually and but it was it was organized by the DC Street Photography Collective eight people amazing photographers and it was really cool this is the first time it was the first time I've been in a city in over a year almost a year and a half and then uh it was the first time to be in a group doing something like that and you know the first thing guess what the first what happened first when everybody got together mm-hmm. Where everyone's checking out each other's gear. (laughs) (laughs) They're all checking out each other's gear, you know, and, uh, and it was blazing hot, like 96 degrees, 90% humidity. You know, Washington is brutal in the summertime, can be, but it was a lot of fun. It was was a whole lot of, it was so nice to do that again. Do you do things like that? Our, our our photo walks or yeah you do you know or organized events so um the uh hawaii the street challenge that we were talking about we're doing our second uh-huh. one and we invite um other members from the other photographers to that <clears throat> basically they're sort of like um we're putting gopros on our camera or trying to film um, from a point of view perspective of us cool. actually getting the shots and then um tim makes the a video and gets um the viewers and this next time he's having someone else uh another photographer judge the the images and pick which image they think are 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 best so those we always bring others photographers from the community in and we just gave a um a public talk for pacific new media the same organization that has that exhibition so we do get some outreach and we hope hope more soon and when did you say the Pacific New Media event is? What time of year is it? It's actually happening now. We the oh. submission deadline is uh, is it the 16th of this month? 
Oh, July. And then July. July. The Pacific New Media. Oh, July. Okay. And then the show is in August. And it's going to be online this year again. And they have okay. two sections. One single image and uh, a series. But Bob, back to your uh, thing of gear. I, I think in psychology, there was a lot of research that showed that when people get depressed, they, they tend to buy more things. So I, I think camera gear has been a, a lot of very therapeutic for many of us. <laughs> okay. So since you're, you're burying your soul, what did you buy? <laughs> oh, I, I bought a, <laughs> The Leica SL2. Oh, did you? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was because I, want, I had the Leica M monochrome and I had oh, a you? nice collection of, of lens for it. And I felt mm -hmm. like once in a while I wanted to shoot in color, mm -hmm. but I thought the M10 was too expensive. So I thought, well, maybe I'll save some money by getting the SL2 <laughs> with the adapter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. I yeah, I, I got the, I got the Q, the original Q. I wanted to I wanted to try out like and see see what it's like. It's, and then I made the switch from Canon to Fuji. Yeah, I held I held on to one, the Canon RP, but um, it just wasn't working for the the street photography. It was a little bit too big. Yeah, Fuji's great. That's I still. That's been my main camera for almost ten years, till I till I gave the Leica a try. But uh, and I, you know what? I still have a, I still have a Canon forty D, and two lenses. It sits on a shelf, but I just couldn't couldn't let it go. So James, what about you? What do you? What do I shoot with? I shoot with yeah. um, an uh, Fuji X seventy, like a. I think they discontinued it, but it's a small mm -hmm. little pocket pocket camera. Yeah, I, I don't one. know. Yeah. I love like I love this camera so much. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, once I I equipment for me is like I've fallen like literally fallen in love with this camera, and I can't seem to try to use other other cameras. Uh, I just uh, it's just really comfortable and. I always think about this story that, um, as far as equipment, I always think about this story that the baseball player Ichiro, you know, Ichiro, he, um, mm -hmm. sure. um, I'm from Seattle, so he, he played for the Seattle Mariners, but he, he was at, um, uh, kind of a, like a meeting with, uh, elementary school kids and the element, one kid asked, you know, how do you become a great baseball player? And his advice was. Uh, take care of your equipment, polish it every, you know, polish your glove or, or oil your glove, <laughs> stick it underneath your pillow um, and, you know, oil your, oil your bat or, you know, sand your bat or whatever. And, and that was, his, that was his basic advice. And that's the way I feel about my camera. Just take care of your camera <laughs> and, and treat it, treat yeah. it like a, treat it beautifully. And you, you don't have to kind of think about the next camera while you have your, camera now i think that's kind of uh yeah that's smart a dead end street that's smart ichiro well i tell you just a diverse lab from cleveland ohio originally and and uh when indians were in um 
Uh, they were playing Seattle in the playoffs. And Ichiro, Ichiro was like not really a rookie, I guess, for him. But but uh, so we went to the game, went to one of the playoff games, and the Japanese media just followed him there. I mean, and they were oh, like yeah. swarming the guy. I thought, geez, they're playing in this, you know, all the way on the other side of the country, and they're just chasing them all over. Anyway, that oh, has yeah. nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, he was quite a phenomenon. Yeah, no, I just love that 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 advice, though. It's just such a instead of saying you know practice three hours a day or something, just take care of your equipment. I think that's kind of a yeah really important. <clears throat> like basketball players or football players, a lot of times a coach will have them carry a ball around mm. everywhere, you yeah. know, because they so they get so accustomed to holding it and knowing what it feels like. Yeah, same thing with the camera. Yeah. You know, muscle memory. Now, you can't develop muscle memory if you keep buying new ones all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a tough time with the queue. I've only had it a couple months, and I was needed to work pretty quickly on the street with all these people around, and I messed up a lot of shots that I would have gotten if I still had my X100. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, anyway kind of getting off topic here sorry about that but you know i could talk about that stuff all day not so what's a typical meeting like what do you have regular meetings every month or every couple months and if so what do you do in these meetings well it's not quite as organized as that um it's more okay. it's more like like um like Philip mentioned we have a a text, a group text, and we kind of communicate through that. And then if mm. someone happens to be shooting, they'll invite the other members. And if we can, we meet. Um, and we do have Zoom conversations every once in a while. But we're we're starting to. It's since it's Honolulu's been opening up, we're starting to have more actual meetings. The other part of it is every day we now post one image on Instagram. And so we have this rotating calendar. And so that pushed us to um, challenge ourselves to put something decent on, on, on the site. And that's a way I, I don't know, but I, I check every day and check what, what everyone is posting. And it's, it's really fun to to look at what we've been doing. Um, and then we text each other and give some feedback. But within the, the collective, we also created some smaller groups sometimes. And we, we say, hey, I'm going to go shoot there on this day at this time. And then mm -hmm. we, we see three people there. And then we go around and talk about photography and streets. But as a, as a collective, as a whole, we used to meet, uh, at the bar to to talk, but because of uh, COVID, we stopped doing this, and and so right now we are hoping to get back to that. Yeah, how many members do you have? Eight, Only right? Eight right yeah. Now. Say that again. Eight. Eight. Okay. Do you do you limit the number of members? Do people have to be invited to be a member of your group, or is it open to anybody? We all started uh, at eight, and we haven't felt 
the, uh, the needs to grow at this stage because we are planning to have a show and things. So we want to do something significant from everything we've done so far, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a bigger scale. And then maybe um, some of us, of course, in a collective, you have, uh, if you have eight members, you have nine different opinions. <laughs> so we, we each have different ideas of what to invite, how open it should be. And, um, and it's all friendly conversation, but it's not the focus right now. And, and no one has really say, Oh, what should I do? Do you have a hazing <clears throat> process? We, we don't, no one has come and asked for that. So, um, but so I, I can answer my, my sense is that at some point we probably will open. Uh, and and get more members. That's just that one person opinion. So, what has just the existence and in, in your participation in the uh, in the collective done for you personally, either in terms of your own the quality of your work, or done for you emotionally? What you know? What what have you gotten the most out of it? And if you know. Just that that's for that question is for any or all of you. I I think this has been the most beneficial of anything that I've I've done to improve my photography. I um I think I'm probably the the youngest in the sense of um, a photographic career or photographic life. And without I look at all of them as being mentors. Every every single one of our our members has their own sort of distinct way of, of seeing the world and it's helped dramatically on their critiques of my work their interpretation of my work you know i had that same thing of of a dog a image of a dog that um i i sat on this image it's a, a headless dog and um, i thought oh, it was too simple and are you kidding it's beautiful <laughs> finally after a year <laughs> I showed it to the group and then that was an image that got accepted into the Pacific new media exhibition, but I would have just sat on that. So yeah. not only is it educational and, and helped, I wouldn't have progressed this fast for sure. I've only been shooting for maybe three and a half years um, without everyone in the group. So is it, are you saying that it's helped you maybe take a chance when you wouldn't have before? Take a chance. You know, and, yeah, and, like showing that, that photo. I mean, that's to me, that's a dynamite photo. It, and were you just hesitant to show it because you didn't think it was any good? or I, I was in a phase where I was thinking about, um, and maybe we'll talk about this later, about sort of when you, when you get into dogmas of street photography. And I was at this point where I look, oh, there needs to be multiple images in, in, in the frame. There needs to be multiple things going on, three, three elements. And then, so I was in that frame of mind and trying to uh-huh. get better at that kind of imagery. So I thought, oh, this is just a simple, almost a portrait of a, of a dog up close. And so it, I just put it aside as it wasn't, it didn't fit to what I thought would, was it was a good image. Uh-huh. And so maybe that's the opposite. Usually if what happens, you think it's a good image, but it's really not. But so. Pulling that out, it, it helped me see what was strong about that that image itself. Yeah, because I remember the photo you your photo that was a finalist, the LACP. You even told me I wasn't even going to enter that. 
that's that's an image that I really like. You know, that's an image that means has some meaning to me in respect yeah. to um, interaction. But but yeah, it's so. I, I think you know that's what we do help each other is 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 finding those images. Yeah, I think that's great, James. What about you? What's it What's it done for you? It's made me. Yeah, there's like a friendly competition element to it, definitely, and interacting with the guys. And there's maybe we'll talk about this later, but there's a there's something about in Honolulu, there's only basically two or three places where we can practice street photography uh, just because of population reasons and and the way the city's set up. And I'm just always amazed at looking at the work of the other members. Uh, we all shoot the same streets. We all shoot the same locations, but everybody has their own style. And that's kind of inspired me to just pursue to look at to look at the streets of Honolulu, uh, you know, with my own way of looking at it, and it's so, like I said, it's it's so uh, small here, and yet all of us have these different different images, or we come up with these different styles. So um, that's kind of inspired me to just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. What about you, Philippe? Well, for me, it's been very uh, powerful in terms of motivation, motivating me to get out and shoot. Um, I I find that if I wasn't part of the collective, many times I would have just stay home and uh, just read. Uh, um, but sometimes I get a message: someone is going to go shoot, and I'm like, okay, I'll. That, that, I I need um, that motivation to get going when. Most of my street photography before that would be when I was traveling during this during the summertime, and I would go. I usually go to Europe three months during the summer because I'm a full-time faculty, and that's when I did most of my shooting. But because of the collective, I feel uh, it's motivating me to do a lot more. And then I also like that other sense of identity I have. So now when I shoot, I'm also thinking, oh, I'm somehow I kind of part of a voice of the collective so i'm thinking that my i'm I'm doing something for the group not just for myself so when mm -hmm. i post on instagram i feel like okay this is this is to make our group you know better so i i have to um raise my standard even more so i, I like mm -hmm. that um that impact it has on me so the, 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 this combination and also we we promise each other to always be honest, not just give some like, oh yeah, this is good, you know. Mm -hmm. No, none of that uh, BS. Uh, if it's not good, if you don't like it, just say so. And getting that uh, raw feedback um, for me has been. I, I have a lot of pictures that I like, and and like, oh, wow, okay, okay, you don't like it, okay, that's that's good. Doesn't mean that I <laughs> I won't like it after that, but it uh, forced me to question the image in a, in a new way because I have, of course, my own mental filter of what I think an image is good. And then you see someone else approaching it for a very different way. And it's, it's important for me to be able to get into other people's mind and see how they see the world. And, and the collective is, is a great way for that. How has the 
working in a group, how has that affected uh, your ability to talk about your own work or write about your own work? Yeah, I made a, um, during the first lockdown, I made a, a zine a, a, for the group. Um, cause, uh, w- w- like we said, we, we have a group text and, and there was one group text one, one day where we're going back and forth and, and talking about how much we missed going out on the streets and being able to, to photograph, uh, cause how, um, Honolulu was really strict. Maybe the whole country was, I'm not sure, but I mean, you can only go out if you were an essential worker or delivering food. Uh, or exercising. So we, it was very, very, um, strict. So we didn't, none of us were really being, were allowed to, um, uh, go shoot on the street. So, uh, we're, we're having this group text about how much we missed it. And then I just wrote in all caps, I miss, uh, I miss photographing in Chinatown. Um, and I did. It was just like this real sadness about not being able to go out on the street. And so that just sparked something. And so I decided to make this little zine about um, Chinatown. And Chinatown, like I said, we, we basically only have two or three locations. Chinatown in Honolulu is one of the main. If you look through any of our feeds, we all have photographs of Chinatown because it's kind of the the buildings are beautiful. Um, and there's a lot of pedestrians at certain times of the day. And the light's beautiful. There's beautifully colored buildings and uh so i just made the zine with uh you know i asked the guys to send me images of chinatown and i just put together this zine which is great because i got to look at their work more yeah it's a great you know, for idea. longer periods of time instead of just the flip flipping through the instagram thing i you take take, mm-hmm. take time with their images and look at it on your screen and notice what's happening in the image and so that, you know, quadrupled yeah. my respect for all of the other photographers in, in the collective. Yeah, Instagram is nice, but the photos are so small. It's hard yeah. to appreciate them in that size, I think. Yeah. No, um, and then there's something about that, flipping um, through it quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. What were you saying, Ian? Oh, oh no, I was going to say, to that question of, like, I, I think it was how, how it makes you look differently at your work. Was that sort yeah. of... is as James was making this, this zine or zine, we sent him his work and he went through a process of, of editing the images mm-hmm. of, and, and to see how he interpreted or what he did with my raw file uh, allowed me, or, or mm-hmm. when I looked back at it, that sort of critique that now I did of someone else working on my imagery helped me see it in, in a different way. It, it became a, a different emotion as, as during the post-processing. So that, that was really um, a, a great experience to, to see how someone else can, can, can change your image. And it, it, they, they, in my mind, it accentuated you know, the feelings that, that I had within the, the imagery. That's interesting. So he actually took your raw file and then processed it himself? Well, he was the only yeah, one that gave me permission. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just, just to be clear, I would never, I would never touch another person's image without know, their yeah, permission. Not, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, I, that sounds like an interesting exercise. It was. It though. was great. It's the first time um, I've ever done that. You know. It yeah. Was, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was fun working on someone else's images. Um, yeah, he gave me full permission to do it. So thank you. <laughs> so, what'd you like better, your your version or his? 
I I liked um I liked James's version to fit into that um to that zine for sure. The um, James is amazing in post. I think that is one of his <laughs> strong one of one of his uh, themes within his work is the ability to convey emotion through um his processing of the images and so i really appreciated seeing seeing what he, what he did to mine yeah yeah that's uh that's well, a great idea everybody like a, like a grab bag everybody grab somebody else's raw file and then mm-hmm. you, you might yeah, make I some enemies that way too i guess it that's like a i think that's a famous assignment right in even from the film days you take a classmate's file and you develop it or you 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 know burn it in what way you think should be burned or and uh-huh. even now it's much easier sure. now we just trade trade file and then he, it helps it helps yeah. the the person that took the photo to see it differently yeah we sort of did that we had a uh, workshop uh, a zoom workshop uh, on black and white processing it was Craig Litton a photojournalist did it did it for us and he did have people send them their file send them their files and uh so they did their own work and then he he took one of their files and then uh processed it you know actually for the group and it was a good learning experience and some people particularly a guy who was working with the m10 monochrome um once craig got a hold of his file he just did wonders with it mm-hmm. yeah so uh, you were talking about shooting in and around Honolulu, and um, especially Philippe, you go to Europe in the summertime. So I mean, how, what's it like shooting there? To me, I've been there a couple times. You know, I know you've got a real busy area along Waikiki. Um, you know, it's a big city. Uh, how, what's the population? Like it's close uh, to a million, including uh, military. But then with tourism, it can go. Yeah. At the peak, we had something like six, seven million a year. Just in Honolulu? Um, yeah. Well, from the States, but the, uh, Hawaii. Uh, Honolulu yeah. is where you get most of the tourists. Coming, yeah. yeah. So um, we always have a very large population of tourists at any one point. Um, and <clears throat> so this is really an important part of how I, the collective has helped me for shooting street photography. Because when I first came to Hawaii, I felt like, oh, this, this sucks for street photography because <laughs> you, you know, you just, there was a strong light, it's beautiful landscape, and you end up taking a lot of picture of pretty things, but not interesting images. So my images at the beginning were not that great. It was just like capturing the beauty around. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Europe, that's when I did my serious street photography. And I, I'm actually in the process of like scanning, uh, about 20 years of, uh, negatives. And I'm looking, yeah, I have a few good images, but not that much. And then when I met the collective and I saw how, um, some of our members are using this strong light, strong shadow and a very narrow range of time where you can, you can shoot. Um, it feels to me. Uh, that made me look at the world differently. So we have a member, Tony, 
who is uh, mostly working with form and uh, light and shadows. And he goes for this very strong image, a little bit like Alex Webb. Um, and, and Matt does that too. And I never really thought of shooting like this. I was more influenced by um, the, the old Cartier-Bresson and so forth. So I, I, I liked the, the surrealism and, and the layering of the image and trying to create some uh, um, surrealist feeling. So that the, the one thing that I was talking with Ian is like, Street photography in Hawaii is also dictated by the environment itself. Yep. Honolulu kind of say that's the kind of street photography you can do and yep. forget about anything else. Also, we don't have that many streets. So most of our street <laughs> photography are at the beach. Yeah. Right. Sure, so yeah. for here, we wouldn't have called it street photography. It would be more like beach and stuff photography or <laughs> something else. Like, yeah. What do you say to somebody who says street photography? has to be in an urban environment. Yeah, th this is a little <laughs> bit like some of these uh, leftover remnant from the early phase. It's like uh, when people misinterpret Cartier-Bresson as saying it's a decisive moment. In mm -hmm. French, he didn't say that. He said uh, it's a picture on the go. Like you, you have to go and capture things as they come and respond to the to the situation in, in a fast way. But the translator hmm. um, from his work uh, picked a sentence he had said somewhere in his text that's talked about the decisive moment. And he used that as the title. And so most people think that this is what Cartier-Bresson's main angle is, and it isn't. So street photography is a little bit like that. You have all these... The reason is, you know, France and Paris and all it happened in the streets. So, okay, call it street photography. But the yeah. idea of street photography is, is really about, uh, not, it's not studio. You don't have time. You don't take out, uh, you don't set up things. Right. So, but it's hard. We don't have a language for it. So we could call it, uh, that's why I like in public, they use that the group. Use that term instead. Street photography is anything that anybody can see. It's not in your own house. You can be in the street. You can be at the beach, but it's public. Public. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, you can you can start a lot of fights asking people to define <laughs> street photography. <laughs> well, luckily, oh, all, all no. of our members aren't so. They're not so dogmatic as as that. So yeah, that's good. I uh, yeah, I like that. I I'm not either. I mean, it can be lots of things. It's not wedding photography. It's not landscape photography. It's not yeah. you know Flower. underwater photography. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we 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 publish a wide range of of work and a lot on the beach. I do a lot on the beach. I don't even live close to the beach, but seems like that's when I've got time, so I'm near the ocean. Yeah, Honolulu is unlike any other American city, and it's got to be a big challenge to do street photography there, especially in terms of, of the traditions. And um, I know, uh, James and Ian, if you could, could chime in on, on what your challenges are, but uh, Philippe, you were, you were starting to, to say something earlier 
uh, when I cut you off and uh, about this very subject. So what was that again? So, yes, uh, David Ulrich was in charge of Pacific New Media, and he also organized the, um, that uh, photography event, yearly photography event. Uh, mentioned several times over the past 20 years that he felt there were a niche or a style of photography that is missing in Hawaii. Uh, and he didn't specifically say street photography, but I, I, I realized afterwards that's what he was uh, talking about. And I, I think that a big reason for this is because we are, we were used to think of street photography in a particular way. And Hawaii is a very challenging place for what we are used to see. So um, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, when David saw that we were making this, um, collective and and producing this word in instagram he felt like wow finally it's coming and and i was happy to hear that he felt like okay we are answering his his call what he's been asking for many years and and my interest is to hear how uh james and ian have um tackled this issue of street photography in hawaii so i i from when when you look at what is quote unquote um, traditional street photography, and, and we see on New York, we see these crowded streets where trying to create some kind of art out of out of random mundane activity. Um, mm-hmm. th- that's very hard to have happen in Hawaii. Um, down our downtown financial district, uh, most people drive, and the parking structures are in their buildings. So maybe during lunch, you can, you can get some of that. Um, and, and that is where you could see quote unquote local, the local population in Chinatown as well. Um, and so that is, is one challenge. Um, in Waikiki, we can get a a large mass of, of people, but depending on where you are in Waikiki, it's either primarily tourists. Um, and you can go further, um, actually towards the diamond head area where you get a mixture of, of tourists. Mm-hmm. And as you get further towards diamond head, you'll, um, get pretty much primarily, um, a local population. So it, it depends on what you're trying to represent. And for me growing up here, that was my reality. I spent a lot of time in Waikiki, so I'm, I'm photographing what I know and what I've experienced, but for me to try and get the population density, I actually spend, um, I spent a lot of time shooting in malls. I'm, I'm very subtle, but I, I you can get a, a, a local family interacting there. And um, so that's one way I, I've, I've sort of um, overcome this challenge. But part of my work too is, is, I guess, the irony of needing to go to a commercial space to try to find humanistic experiences. And I, I enjoy that contradiction. So I actually... Um, I'll wear my camera um, around my neck and I'll use the, um, the phone app to control it. And I'll just pretend I'm texting and I'll walk and almost bump into people and, and take a couple shots or just stand there and people just think I'm, I'm texting on my phone. So that's one way I've been able to get really close and, and kind of intimate um, interactions between people. So another way I, I over, overcame that challenge, but I did... When I was starting street photography, I, I went to Universal Studios, and when I was there, it was like a kid in a candy store. I mean, 
<laughs> I'm just people in New York have it so easy in respect to the the canvas that they have, the environment. They just need to be able to pick the things out and create those images. So uh, I those those are are the, the challenges, and that's how um, I've 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 dealt with them and 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 tried to create you know meaningful imagery. I think that's cool. I, I want to revisit that the remote idea. But let's let, let James chime in here. That's, it's funny because we we had a um, we had a Zoom meeting very very early on in the pandemic, and we had some some people from New York join our. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that join our our Zoom meeting. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember, but they they mm-hmm. kind of said the same thing. They they're bored with their streets too, and they. They are saying they can go out. At, they, one of them especially lived in Brooklyn. The yeah, oh, yeah, especially that time. But they're just saying that they want to uh, not necessarily come to Hawaii, but they want to see new places as well. So I think it's some mm-hmm. of it's just us telling ourselves that it's boring, and when when it's not, you know, when we can just like wishing wishing for. The grass is greener on the other side, kind of thing. Uh, but as far as challenges in Honolulu, mm-hmm. like Ian said, there's no sometimes there's no pedestrians anywhere, so except Waikiki, and so that's a big challenge to have. If you want to take a street photo- photograph, you almost have to have a person in there, not necessarily, but. Um, and then Waikiki is a little bit, it's crowded and there's a lot of people, but the background is the buildings aren't very picturesque. They're very modern and mm-hmm. kind of uh, a lot of art, kind of art deco glass. And they're just not not very attractive to have in the background of your pictures. So I find as far as shooting Waikiki, that's kind of one of the biggest challenges for me is trying to find that nice background to juxtapose the, the subjects of your, of your photograph. Um, but... Yeah, the challenges, I, I used to get frustrated with the challenges, but recently, because a lot of it's because of the collective, uh, I feel like they're they're almost positives in a way, you know? Um, we go yeah, to the same you, place you over and over and same, over and over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, you made a good point when you were talking about the people in New York tired of seeing the same thing, too. Yeah. Said, you, know, the, you know, the technical part of doing the photography is basically is pretty easy it doesn't take long to get that down mm-hmm. the rest of it's you know that's six inches between your ears mm-hmm. and we get things in our head and they get in the way sometimes but uh yeah yeah um, myself i've i moved to a small town three years ago you know this town itself is like thirty four thousand people or you know our county is about a hundred thousand we get a lot of tourists during the warm weather and but you go into town when the tourists aren't there, it's like you could shoot a cannon down the main street. <laughs> and uh, matter of fact, I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, Harvey Stein is teaching a street photography workshop for us. And uh, so I'm, I'm doing the assignments too. And he looks at my stuff. He goes, there's no people in here. Where are the people? <laughs> I go, I don't know. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> Sorry about that. I I wish they were here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. I I do want to ask 
Ian, one thing real quick. So, what you're doing with your cameras? Do you have the camera around your neck, and then you're using the remote app to take photos? So, how do you have the camera set up? Are you zone focusing with it, or uh, using, using autofocus? It it depends. Usually, with um, the Canon has a really good app. There's a little bit of a of a delay at some point. Um, mm-hmm. The Fuji is is horrible. I can't do this with the Fuji. I'm so upset. Um, yeah. I'd have to at, at some point. I think I'll I'll get to the point with a 35 millimeter lens where I can um, just sort of visualize what it's going to, the image is going to look like, and then use a, a remote shutter release. Mm-hmm. But with the with the Canons, um, you know, I, I like to shoot in supermarkets. I, I like to shoot in um, Costco. I'll shoot in. Did um, you carry a camera in there? Almona Center. Yeah, I mean, wow. It's Hawaii. I think it, you know that's the thing is you can be anywhere with a camera. And no one. No, really, that's true. It's tourist town. Yeah. So it'll um, and then I'll I'll just sometimes there's a delay and um, and it, but it just allows me to I, I, the technical side. Um, you can sometimes if I the tap focus or mm-hmm. you know I'll I'll preset the focus and just walk close enough, and it um it does a good job. I can also while I'm looking at the screen and the Canon app, I can have a remote, the remote plugged into the side of the camera. Mm-hmm. I'll run it down. I'll wear a long sleeve shirt. I'll run it down the side <laughs> of my, into my hand. And then I can, at least that, no, I know that the, sh- the shutter will release when I press the button. Sometimes there's yeah. a, d- a little bit of a delay with uh, the wireless, but I don't, I don't want to get kicked out of um, <laughs> shooting in, in Almona Center. That's a, a, a great place to shoot. So that's why I'm, I'm real subtle there. and and like to do it this way yeah boy you hate to lose your costco membership over that <laughs> boy i'd be i'd be dead meat in this house if, if yeah. that ever happened no more hot dogs <laughs> no. we just ran out <laughs> well before we go i wonder if you could give us a little more detail about these challenges that you hold that sounds pretty interesting so one of our nem- members, uh, Tim Nguyen, uh, he, he's also a video maker, a you know, content producer, uh, and he devised this street challenge. So about maybe a couple months ago, a bunch of us got together in Waikiki, uh, not, just the, not just the collective, but also he invited other, other photographers. And we all got together. And he gave us like, a, I think it was an hour, right? An hour to go out in, in different groups and to see who could get the best images from that, from that hour. And we recorded our walking on GoPros or on our iPhones. And then he edited it together and he made this really great video about walking around Waikiki and, and taking pictures. And uh, like I said earlier, it kind of, it was great because it was it was friendly competition, and I was taking a lot more pictures in that hour than I normally would have. I would have maybe ignored some things. But I said, "Well, maybe I'll just try this." I don't know why, but it just kind of it motivated me just in that hour to to take more pictures than than I normally would have. So, so when you do the challenge, does everybody go to the same place, or you just scatter and go your own own way and then come back? The same area but we scatter yeah 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 street photography is not done too well in groups that's for sure yeah yeah we easily can get into each other's picture yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I want to say so. Tim, we are really lucky to have Tim Win in our um, mm-hmm. group. He's, he's an accomplished filmmaker, and he did this uh, fill in the frame uh, documentary. And he, so he's pushing us in a little bit of a new direction. Because of him, I bought one of his um, DJI, like. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, so I'm going to carry that yeah, on my the, neck for the uh, first the gimbal, time. Yeah, the gimbal, right? Yeah, the gimbal. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never used to do this. Um, so, but I, I'll do it tomorrow for the first time. I, I don't know how it's going to go. And so, this is this is how you use um, like the friendly group competition to to raise up your uh, your uh, your skills. So for an hour, we get intently. Uh, to go and shoot and get the best images, so it's it's like for I think it works for most of us where we we want to um, impress each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 then it's also amazing to see the result. It's like oh, we were all in that same place at the same time, and this is all that was available to us. Uh, and to me, and uh, one of the important parts of street photography is uncover so many layers of reality or what's what's in life, what's happening around us. And we are so used to see with our usual filters that most of what the world is, is un- unseen to us. So suddenly when we are all in the same place mm-hmm. and we get to shoot and everybody is showing a new layer, a new way of looking at the world, it's so enriching. And um, I feel like a lot of us are losing that because of all the movies that we see all the time and we kind of give up on being creative. We just like receive, 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 but we don't uh, do. So this is a way of like, okay, how Mm. can I surprise? How can I surprise myself? How can I surprise others um, and work with shadows and angles and a new way of seeing that we don't usually you so I I love those those little challenges. Man, I'm getting so many good ideas from you guys. So anyway, we're uh, getting to the end here, and I I'd like to go go around the horn, and if if each of you could very briefly tell us where people can find you to see your own work, and then of course. One of you can tell us where everybody can find the collective website. So we'll start with Ian, and then we'll go to James and then Philippe. So Ian, why don't you tell us where people can find you? Okay, so my um, website is ianhunt.space. So it's I-A-N-H-U-N-T dot space, S-P-A-C-E. And then my Instagram is at... Ian K Hunt. That's at I A N K H U N T. And why don't you tell us where the where we can find the uh, collective website? So it's a um, HNL Street Collective. So it's um www dot HNL Street Collective dot com, and that's HNL. S-T-R-E-E-T-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E dot com. And then at HNL 
street collective is the instagram handle instagram. okay and we'll have all those links in the article as well all right james what about you uh, i have my own website uh james knudsen photography.com uh k-n-u-d-s-e-n uh but just type in james knudsen hopefully it'll pop up in google and uh my instagram is at james knudsen 45 all right um, philippe yeah uh, well, for me, I think uh, the DAO of photography, Seeing Beyond Seeing, is still available on Amazon. And uh, it's also been translated into Chinese, if you prefer the Chinese version. <laughs> um, and I don't know where to find it, but somewhere on a website in China. <laughs> uh, I do have a website, philipcourse.com. Um, it's still in progress. Uh, and my Instagram account... I don't post much. I, I post more with the collective. So I think every eight days you can see a picture of mine appearing on the collective. Cool. Cool. Thank All you. right. Well, I got to thank you. Thanks for your patience doing a big group like this. Thanks for taking the time in the middle of the morning on a work day. And uh, I appreciate it. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Awesome.